0: You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenges. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked on Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome to another episode here, your Thursday episode this week of the Locked On Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys so much for joining me once again, and we have so much stuff to get into and not a lot of time to waste. So I'll get through this intro quickly, and we have a nice injury update on Ben Skoronik, the wide receiver. I don't know why I said nice. It's not so nice. Actually, it's unfortunate, but we do have an injury update there. Not so great news for him. And then we got to dive into everything that happened between the Rams and the Raiders in this joint practice day one. They still have one more day on Thursday, which we are obviously going to cover as well going into Friday's episode. So. To begin, Ben Skoranek, we got to get this news out of the way. The rookie's seventh-round pick, wide receiver. As we know, he broke his forearm in the last preseason game, and he now has a timetable of four to six weeks where he will be sidelined. And this is obviously unfortunate news for him because this is a guy that was probably fighting for an end-of-the-roster type of spot. Maybe wouldn't have even made the team had he been healthy, so this obviously won't help his chances. But now the question arises... Can the Rams maybe just stash him on injured reserve and bring him back later in the year or just leave him on injured reserve for the entire year? Let him sort of have this red shirt type of rookie season and then just bring him back next season. I think both things are definitely on the table, but it definitely remains to be seen what the Rams are going to do in this position and at this spot at wide receiver where. Let's be honest, it might be the deepest part of their roster. So clearly, I don't think they're going to miss Skaronic too much when it comes to finding players to step up. But at the same time, you got to feel bad for him. This is a guy who's a seventh round pick. It was already going to be tough for him to make the roster, especially when you look at the top five wide receivers that the Rams already have on their roster. They're quite loaded at that spot. So there was going to be a lot of players vying for that one final spot if the Rams even chose to keep six guys on the roster so not great news but we will keep you updated with what the Rams plan on doing there now we've got to dive into the joint practice day one and I think this is going to take up probably the rest of the episode because there was a lot of news that came out of this practice and I think the very first thing to dive into is is the fact that it was quite physical out there. Now, Brad and I literally talked about this on yesterday's podcast, and we said one of the things that we really wanted out of these next two days between the Rams and the Raiders in these practices is that the Rams stay healthy, of course. That is the most important thing that you can get out of these practices is to just get out of there without losing any important players. And it sounds like, so far, they've been able to avoid any kind of serious injuries. Leonard Floyd didn't practice Today, we talked about that ankle being an issue yesterday. It sounds like nothing serious. They're just kind of playing it safe. Uh, So, obviously, it is good news that the Rams didn't really lose anybody, or at least not anybody that we've heard of just yet. But the second thing we talked about, especially me, was I wanted the Rams to keep their heads cool in this practice. Not necessarily, you know, you let guys come out there and hit you and be physical with you and sort of punk you, but not to put yourself in a jeopardized position where. You might get yourself hurt or you might get someone else hurt or it may lead to you getting hit harder the next play or, you know, something bad happening or something bad coming of it. And it sounded like there was three, maybe four, like big scrums, big fights between these two teams. And it was very physical out there. So I think that was unfortunate. But at the same time, it was to be expected as well. I mean, you're looking at two teams filled with testosterone-fueled men who are alphas. These guys want to impose their will. They want to be physical with each other, and they want to ride for their teammates, the guy to the left and to the right of them. So they want to make their imprint felt. And it sounded like there was a lot going on between both teams, specifically with that Raiders defense. And then, of course, you know Richie Incognito had to be in the middle of something else. There was a scrum between he and Sebastian Joseph Day. So Not great news, but at the same time, it sounds like everyone came away relatively okay from everything, but this does only heighten tensions and make things potentially a little bit more dangerous going into day two, because from all accounts, it sounded like the Rams really had a sloppy practice and did not come out of this practice feeling like a very accomplished offense. At least I don't know exactly that the defense did as bad as the offense, but it was a rainy practice, a lot of rain out there obviously going to make it a little bit harder for the quarterbacks to grip the ball properly, to throw it for your receivers to be able to catch it and things like that. And I think a lot of that probably had to do with the Rams, maybe not being fully comfortable, maybe just putting together a sloppy practice in general. And then the frustration sort of leaking over and maybe actually leading to some of these late hits or getting a little bit overly physical, maybe leading to a fight or two and That is going to take us into the offensive performance, which we are going to dive into in the next segment. And by all accounts, it was not a good day for these guys. Quarterback Matthew Stafford threw three interceptions as far as I can tell from all of the beat writers that were there, which is obviously not a great result. And then we are going to dive into the defensive performance as well. And of course, the Rams got their hands on a few passes as well. So you can imagine a couple of those guys also got a few interceptions locked and loaded on their side. And we're going to dive into everything else you need to know between the Rams offense, the Rams defense, who stood out, who struggled, and where do they go from here into the second day of practices against the Raiders. And of course, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find us at QB's MEP and at Locked on Rams. Folks, are you having any car troubles? I know if you got a car, you've went through the process of something breaking down on your car, being annoyed about it, calling up your mechanic, having to wait 7 to 10, 14 business days, paying a premium out of your pocket, and then after all of that, still having to do it once again a few months later. You don't have to go through this process anymore. You can visit one of our sponsors for today's episode that I mentioned earlier, rockauto.com. They are a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you're a person who likes to fix things yourself or you're a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, you should check out Rock Auto. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all their available parts. It's a never-ending list and if your car needs it, I'm betting that they've probably got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you. Welcome back to the second segment here of this Thursday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I mentioned before the break that we are gonna dive into the performances of the offense and defense in these next two segments. And we can begin with the offense because this was a bad performance for these guys by all accounts from everyone that was there. From Jordan Rajig, who was obviously on the Rams side of things, to Sean Reed, Vic Tafur on the Raiders side of things. We had a lot of beat reporters at these practices. So it's good that we got a lot of eyes, a lot of different information coming through. And I think one of the themes that was kind of overlapping in everyone's eyes or in everyone's pieces here was that the Rams offense just did not perform that well. And I mentioned it before, Matthew Stafford threw three interceptions in this game practice which is never good but at the same time it's not something to overly react about it is first of all just a practice and second of all these are the opportunities that a quarterback or that a team gets to try things because you don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work until you try it and you don't want to have it being the first time you try something in a game that would just be silly because that's how you make a lot of compounding mistakes and end up losing football games you want to try that kind of stuff on the practice field, where you finally start to figure out, you know, the timing between reps and routes and things like that, or how tight of a window can you squeeze a ball into, or, you know, where can you go with this pass? How can you read this progression? There's a lot of these kinks that they need to work out. And that is why they have these practices. Essentially, you're just going out there and practicing what you want to really rep out in a game against a live defense that isn't your own And obviously, vice versa for your defense against a different offense that is in your own to get some reps under your belt and to see how things work. And obviously, I'm not necessarily excusing a poor performance because you just can't turn the football over in the NFL. Interceptions are going to kill you. And Matthew Stafford threw three of them in this one. So. Obviously not the ideal news, but at the same time, it sounded like the Rams running game could not get going. And the Raiders defense had a very, very stout defensive line performance, which kind of worries me. That is the one area that I do certainly worry about is the offensive line of the Rams. You know, they made some changes now, obviously sliding Austin Corbett back to right guard, putting center Brian Allen into the starting lineup and yanking Bobby Evans out of there. And now I'm kind of concerned that these guys are not going to be able to perform up to the level of some of the surrounding pieces that they have on offense. And that if there is an Achilles heel of this offense, it might be those five guys up front. And the Raiders defensive line, they're okay, but they're not one of the best units in the NFL. So if you can't create any kind of holes against those guys, obviously that is something to maybe mention or at least worry about a little bit because when you get to the other defensive lines in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, and some of these other lines that are six, seven, eight players deep, that's when you really start to worry about how can this offensive line hold up and can they open up any holes in the running game? So not a good run game performance for the Rams in 11-on-11s. And in general, it sounded like they really struggled in 11-on-11s. Matthew Stafford throwing those three interceptions. But at the same time, there were some positives too. It sounded like Cooper Cup had a very productive day going against the cornerbacks of the Raiders and specifically Casey Hayward Jr., who I guess was probably tasked with covering him for the majority of the practice and that is obviously a good thing because Hayward is a very good cornerback and one of the most underrated corners in the NFL and of course we know that Cooper Cup is a superstar at the wide receiver position so if you're toasting a guy like that you're probably doing something right and the Rams posted a few clips and there was one in particular that they posted on their Instagram their Twitter Of Cooper Cup catching a nice pass from Matthew Stafford. This was an absolute dime along the left sideline, it looked like. And Cooper Cup sort of stretched over his shoulder, pulled it in, tracked the ball. And it was such a nice connection between the two. Stafford throws a dime that goes just over the head of the corner but drops quick enough so that the safety can't make a play on it. And Cooper Cup does such a good job at tracking the football on his outside shoulder, making the catch. And something else that I noticed, and I talked about it on Twitter, was the fact that he's such a good professional. He waits for the ball to arrive until the very last second, and then he shoots his hands to go track that football. And the reason you want to do that as a receiver is because the earlier you flash your hands to where the ball is projected to go, the more time a cornerback or defender has to get their hand in between yours or to know where the ball is going to land so they can go play the ball or play your hands, a.k.a. where the ball is going to land. Cooper Cup does such a good job of waiting until the last second to go shoot those hands out to go track the ball so there's no reaction time left over for that cornerback to make a play because he has no idea where that ball is going to land. That's the kind of stuff that I like to pick up on, especially – in between those nuanced wide receivers like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who they don't run four 340s. They're not six foot five. They're not Calvin Johnson's. They don't have all of this insane kind of God-given talent in the sense that, you know, they're going to go blow up a combine or something like that. But when you look at these guys, they do the little things, the technical things very well in terms of sinking their hips and running routes and shooting their hands at the right time. All these kind of things is what makes these two guys so special. And it was awesome to see Cooper Cup have a tremendous day in this one. One of the other things, Robert Woods, I read that he was running a post route or something across the middle of the field and he was given a pass and... Jonathan Abram the safety of the Raiders one of the hardest hitting players in the league laid a big lick on him and Woods got up he was a little bit pissed off about it which is a little bit scary you don't want these guys colliding like that especially with a player like Jonathan Abram who I mentioned is just a crazy tough player and a huge hitter and he's one of their tone setters on the defensive side of the ball. But at the same time, you want to really be careful with where you lead your guys, specifically the quarterbacks throwing to the receivers. So not a great job there. And of course, the turnovers, something that we've talked about multiple times now, always going to be a concern. Former Ram linebacker Corey Littleton pulled himself an interception down, which is nice to see, I guess, for him and a great player. But at the same time, not good for the Rams. And then also Matthew Stafford throwing two other interceptions, I believe, to Rasul Douglas the cornerback and I can't recall who the last player was it might have been another cornerback maybe Damon Arnett I'm not 100% sure on that one but you want to clean those things up and of course there was a handful of dropped interceptions as well so very sloppy day for the offense on this practice field I'm going to chalk this one up to the rain you know to just sort of trying things not having the greatest performance and head coach Sean McVay had his press conference after the practice and he said that you know, it doesn't look like it was as bad as it seemed because two out of the three Matthew Stafford passes were batted, and one of them was just a great defensive performance or play by whoever it was at the time, and I think that gives a little bit of context to what happened in those plays. I'm not sure what happened. Of course, I didn't get to watch. They might have been batted. They might not have been. I'm not sure, but at the same time, you always lack a little bit of context when you can't see these things with your own eye, and at the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier, This is practice. These guys need to find a way to rep the things that are important to them in these practices. And they need to go out there and make mistakes because these are when you have opportunities to learn from your mistakes. And so it's no worry to me right now what happened on day one between these two teams. We're going to see how it translates to day two, of course. Are the Rams going to be a little bit more clean in terms of how they go about practice? Are they going to have a more successful one? Are they going to be able to open up some holes in the running game? Is the offense going to be more productive? These are all things to look out for. And we mentioned that the Rams struggled on the 11-on-11s, but at the same time, in the red zone period when it was 7-on-7s and no offensive linemen out there, apparently the Rams had a very productive day. So some ups, some downs like it typically always is. And that is the end of the offensive performance in the next segment. We're going to dive into how the defense played in this one And of course, make sure to check back in here at the Locked on Rams podcast tomorrow when we cover day two of this practice, as well as Saturday and Sunday when we cover everything you need to know about this game that is going to happen between the Rams and the Raiders in preseason week two. If you guys are into betting, I want to introduce you to one of our sponsors for today's episode called BetOnline.ag. It's football season. Football is completely back now. There's a bunch of... Of other sports that you can also bet on including mlb nba nhl ufc and your mma action and of course the granddaddy of them all the nfl you guys can go bet on weekly spreads player props futures bets i've placed a few myself matthew stafford for mvp this season you better believe i did of course, odds may be not that great, but the payoff is, and you guys should absolutely check them out if you do want to play some bets. It makes these games a little bit more interesting and exciting, especially throughout the preseason. So before the next snap, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You don't need to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the 2021 NFL season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Beds podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, you can get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. And all you have to do is follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this Thursday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. I'm your host, Sosa Cremendias, and I appreciate you guys for sticking around this long to reach this final segment here. And we are going to dive into the defense's performance in this day one joint practice between the Rams and the Raiders. And if for whatever reason, the offense struggled for the Rams, the defense had quite a bit of a different performance because it sounded like they actually had a very good day. And I'm not sure, like I mentioned before, if the rain had something to do with this and caused both offenses to struggle. That is potentially the issue here. Maybe the rain just made it hard for these quarterbacks to throw the ball because according to some of these beat writers that were there, the Los Angeles Rams defense had a good day. And not only that, but they forced Marcus Mariota, who is the backup quarterback for the Raiders, into multiple mistakes, including interceptions for rookie cornerback Robert Rochelle. And I believe a near interception for linebacker Traven Howard, a video that the Rams posted where it kind of looked like he was sinking in zone coverage, waiting for a pass, and a receiver started to break towards him. Traven Howard steps in front, nearly gets both hands on the ball, and secures himself an interception. Instead, it was a pass breakup, but either way, a great play by him, and it kind of reinforces that theme that I've been talking about. I think he is the best coverage linebacker on this team, and if he can continue to make plays in this regard, maybe he buys himself some opportunities this season. Now, Robert Rochelle, who I just mentioned as a rookie, pulling in an interception, maybe not the craziest news, but when you think about this guy, he had surgery two weeks ago, if not even less than that, and he's got a club on one of his hands right now or somewhat of a wrist brace protecting that wrist that he had that surgery on and he's out there not only toughing it out and practicing a week or two after surgery but he's making plays on the football finding ways to bring it in even with his hand and his ability to bring that football in impeded i think that's so impressive and it really tells you a little bit about this guy his toughness what he brings to the table how good his ball skills are because it's a lot easier to catch a football with two healthy hands, gloves on versus, you know, having a club on one hand or having a wrist severely taped up and braced and all these other things makes it a lot harder. But it's great to hear him out on the field once again, this quickly after surgery and already making plays on the football. You got to love to hear that. And of course, the one player that apparently had a unstoppable type of day for the Rams should not be a shock to anybody. Defensive tackle Aaron Donald Victor Four mentioned that both Aaron Donald and Darren Waller, the tight end for the Raiders, were pretty much unstoppable in this practice and I mean that is probably the least surprising news of the day because when you consider Aaron Donald, well, I mean we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, he is the best player in football, never mind just the best player on the defense for the Rams or anything like that, but then you look at Darren Waller on the opposite side He's probably the best player on the Raiders, at least on the offensive side of the ball he is, and he is a nightmare matchup, someone that is very hard to cover because he runs routes like a wide receiver, but he has the frame and the body type of a tight end, and of course, he lines up where a tight end would line up, so it definitely presents a lot of mismatch issues, so both guys standing out, I think that's pretty much expected, and it sounds like the Rams overall did not have a great practice. very sloppy. Not a great performance by the offense. A lot of turnovers, dropped interceptions, and a lot of fights. It sounded like four different scrums. I mean, even special teams coordinator Joe DiCamillis had to dive into a pile and pull guys off of one another in one of those instances. So you never want to see players getting into it like that, and you definitely don't want your coaches having to dive into it like that either. So not a great day by the Rams, it sounds like, by all accounts, but... You're going to chalk this one up as a learning experience, and you're going to head into day two now, hoping for a cleaner performance by the Rams on both sides of the ball, heading into this preseason week two game between, once again, the Rams and the Raiders. It's going to be a lot of physicality between these two teams over the next couple days. They're going to be very familiar with each other, and I presume that the Rams are not going to trot out any of their starters in that game. Maybe the Raiders will, so it might not be as intense, but at the same time, a lot of these backups are getting run right now as well. You're mixing in your first team, second team, third team, and those guys are going to see each other in this game. So I think that makes it a lot more fun, kind of makes the game a little bit more intriguing, to be honest. It feels like there's almost a little bit more on the line because the two teams, you know, can win or lose these practices based off of how they performed, And the players are going to maybe take it a little bit more personal with everything that has happened over these two days when they go into the game. So that is going to wrap it up for day one of this joint practice between the Rams and the Raiders. Make sure to check back in tomorrow here at the Locked on Rams podcast when we recap day two of how this practice goes. And of course, Going into the weekend, we're going to cover everything you need to know about the Rams and the Raiders and the recap of how that game went, the risers and the fallers, and the performance of everyone in that game. And just a reminder, you can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP and at Locked on Rams, And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.